Welcome to Frame of Reference, informed, intelligent conversations about the issues and challenges facing everyone in today's world. In-depth interviews with Sauk County's leaders and professionals to help you expand and inform your Frame of Reference. Brought to you by the Max FM Digital Network. Now here's your host, Raul Labresh. Well, welcome. A well welcome. We established that with our last episode here. I'm going to try to say a well welcome. Uh, hopefully I won't stumble over that too much, but because uh, I think these days in particular, wellness is probably more needed in so many more ways than at least that we're aware of that uh, we maybe we're going along fat, dumb and happy here for many, many years in America, uh, you know, and just uh, have to deal with the the wellness issues caused by I can't get my what for how how long? Uh, that the, the the trauma that that is causing for some folks, and and, and, I, and believe me, I work in the farming community, and some of the things that farmers can't get uh, were big problems, like parts for their tractors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but my guest, uh, if you listened last week, I hope you did, because uh, we got off to a great start. Uh, is Jeff Jelinek. Jeff is the emergency management director here in Sauk County. Um, again, Jeff, thanks so much for being with us on Frame of Reference. Well, thank you, Ralph, uh, for been, having me. Been a real pleasure talking with you. Uh, and yeah. I, we have a common connection to Jeff in that uh, you were a former winner of the Sauk County uh, Institute of Leadership's Leadership Award. That um, is correct. Um, yes. That was right before uh, COVID hit, or was it? 2018. Yeah, okay. Yep. So, um, and I remember at that point people talking about, oh, Jeff Jelinek, he's with Bev Valancourt, I think, was one of the ones. Exactly. Just Singing yep. praises about Jeff Jelinek. Oh, he's one. He got He's got to be. Uh, and I uh, thought, well, okay, if Bev is that hot about you know Jeff getting this award, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with Bev. You know, she's one of those folks. It was nice of the Sauk County great. Institution of Leadership to do that. Well, you know, and, and uh, I mean, that's part of what that organization I think is all about is really recognizing what goes into leadership. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, people often talk about, well, if I was the leader, I would do this, or if I was the president, I. And you know that. That, that to me is always an indication of somebody that has never been in a leadership role. Exactly. Because um, it uh, being a leader has a lot of challenges. Um, so in your position, that's actually one of the, the stock questions I, I have tried to ask many times is, in your profession what, profession, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you face, either on a regular or an intermittent basis? But every time that challenge happens, you're sort of like... Oh, I hate it when this happens. I got to lead through this again. Really? Yeah, so. Just getting really people to see the big picture. And, yeah. a, and a big thing for us is we base our stuff off. I know I've said this quite often, but life safety is our number one priority. Then incident stabilization. How can we stabilize things? And last but not least is, is protecting property. Unfortunately, we don't want people to lose their property and we'll try to do everything we can, but that can be replaced. We can't replace a life. We can't yeah. replace something where somebody gets harmed or injured. That's right. not good. So right. trying to get people to just really see what I refer to as the 50,000 foot view. Okay. And sometimes that's taking the time to paint the picture in a little bit more detail than what you really want to go into. Okay. But ultimately, when you really think about it from life safety, it needs to be done. And and unfortunately, a lot of folks in the different incidents we get in just don't have those knowledge, skills, and ability. Sure. You know, I have that. And but doesn't mean that you, Raul, you're going to have the same thing, the same knowledge. If we look at something, right. or if I look at a piece of machinery, you're going to see something totally different because mm -hmm. of your background, and I will. Right. So I've got to realize that, and I've got to realize that from a leadership standpoint, if I don't paint the picture and have the whole team seeing the same picture, where are we going to go? Everybody's going to a little bit of different color, and it's probably not going to be a very good picture. Do you find? Because um, I, I that's 
been, this has been one of my underlying concerns with COVID um, is it has, uh, and along with that goes media. I, I think yeah. uh, the internet, uh, the web in general, and the ability to search out pretty much anything you want. Um, it strikes me that biases and, you know, the, the whole idea of we see what we want to see, we hear what we want to hear. Exactly. And we seem to have all forgotten Mark Twain's very, very wise words of, you know, believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I, I would wonder if we should even believe as much as a half of what we see because you don't see the whole picture. No. You're not aware of all the things that go into that. We are so quick to judge um, and to make the assertion that this is the stupid way to handle that whole exactly. situation. Um, are you finding, how long have you been doing this position? Uh, 15 years in January. Okay. So have you seen, that's a fairly long period of time. Do you, have you seen any kind of a shift in people accepting just that priority of life safety being first that, uh, I mean, some people are very thing oriented, right? So losing their house is, you know, I don't care if people die. I need my house. You know, I'm going to live with, you know, is that, are you seeing that? Yeah. A a big thing that I've seen and I've I've really noticed it over the 15 years is the way people look at authority nowadays. Um, Especially if you're coming in from the government and you're telling someone to do something that is totally changed. Uh, It used to be more welcomed and now it's, you know, Hey, you know, you're not going to tell me what to do. Sure. And the other thing, there's a lot more, and we kind of go back to that quote that we talked about last week, is it's about me. It's about me. I can, It's all about me, and I don't care about anybody else. It's all about me. And that's something that I've, I've seen, and that's one of the things that we try to, they try to do. And that's one of the things that, you know, the health department the Sauk County Health Department um, has has really been trying to do. I mean, they've been very proactive. Sure. Uh, it, people don't always have to agree with them, but the one thing that they're looking at is really from a life safety. They are a great group of people. I mean, unbelievable. People in Sauk County should be so proud of the group of professionals that we have here. In fact, my wife just told me that this morning. She's like, Sauk County just seems to be so much more advanced than we are in the county we live in. Okay. You know, and it just, they do so many different things and they have so many different avenues to go and venues to reach out to and different programs, just like this one. When I was telling her about this this morning, telling her that I needed to get to work and study for this because I wasn't sure how, <laughs> what Raul was going to do to me. You know, I don't know where he's going to go. No, so. no, no, no. I keep them guessing. That's the way to get a really vibrant interview. So, yeah, you want that sort of thing, right? Exactly. So, you know, and you touch on an interesting thing by the, the idea of people's response to authority. Um, that strikes me that that has been one of our greatest weaknesses. And I, I fear, honestly, that our enemies across the world, you know, and I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. but let's we have to face that we do have enemies. We do have people that uh, totalitarian governments that look at democracy and oh, yeah. want a bunch of idiots. You know, the way, only way to rule a bunch of people is to rule with a firm hand and tell them how it's going to be. And they, I, I mean, as a leader myself, I, sometimes there's times where I really want to say, I wish I could just say, <laughs> nope, that's the way we're doing it. Get used to it, people. My way or the highway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you certainly can get things moving a lot yeah, more easily yeah, that way sometimes. Yeah. But we have this American, you know, I've heard it described as American exceptionalism, um, American individualism, that uh, the foundation of our country, um, and I I don't know that this is accurate, but they they see the foundation of our country being in the individual liberty. And 
the reality is the foundation of our country was in groups of individuals coalescing into a common cause. Yeah. That's why we won World War II. You know, we, there was no question in anybody's mind about, you know, we have to beat the Japanese. We have to beat these Germans. These Nazis are terrible. Terrible. Um, we didn't do that with COVID. And it, it, it always strikes me that, I mean, I looked at that right away and said, you know, the microbe doesn't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. The microbe doesn't care if you believe in it or not. The microbes are not, they're just, they have no conception of what you're talking about. So exactly. why do you think what you think matters, you yeah. know, at the end of the day? So it became a whole thing about, well, so scientists don't know what they're talking about, right? Uh, you know, yeah. the government doesn't have any right to tell me to wear a mask. All of those things that I... I do have an empathy for because there's a lot of fear that, well, they're just making a big thing out of this. And it really isn't that big of a deal. But you see up close, is it a big deal? Is what's happening with COVID, is it blown out of proportion by media or is it not talked about enough and not talked about it in the right way? Because what are we going to learn from that? You know, after COVID is all done, what are we going to learn from the way we handled this whole thing? Yeah, and I think it's just like anything. You know, you can go and you can turn on to whatever station you want or on the Internet, whatever blog, and you can get find what your beliefs are. And that's not meaning they're wrong. Uh, the big thing is, is it, there's science and then there's education. And I think that's one of the things that I know for the five months that I was in charge of the health department's COVID response, uh, that's one of the things that we really looked at was education to the public. I mean, we held a podcast, not a podcast, a um, like a, a Zoom call okay. at night so the residents in the county could come in, ask questions, we could do some education, and, I, and they continue to do that. And I, I, it's just the everybody's got their own beliefs and nowadays with the way the media is they're 24 seven, they got to fill time. Sure. And I, you know, I, I'm, but by far I'm, I'm no expert in COVID, but I just really think, um, taking in all the information and we used to be able to just say, Hey, I agree to disagree, but now it just seems to be so conf confrontational and people want to argue and they want to fight. And there's just so many things like that going on. It's just, it's, it's scary. Well, what uh, does an authoritative resource look like anymore? You know, I remember, yeah. I'm old enough to remember the Walter Cronkites and the David Brinkley's and Chet Huntley's of the news world. And when they brought an authority onto their show to consult on a particular issue, and, you know, we brought in such and such, it was somebody from Yale or Princeton or from a mm -hmm. major company that was expected to be an authority and that... Whatever my opinion was, I would say, oh, 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 okay. I just, I didn't understand that. Yeah. Um, and I look at that now and think, okay, well, now we'll bring in, we'll be talking about critical race theory and we'll bring in an economist to talk about, because the economist has a PhD. So as a PhD, they must know something. Well, anyone that knows anything about those fields knows that an economist really has no business talking about critical race theory because yeah. that's, you know, yeah. upper level PhD in education curriculum and instruction kinds of stuff. So it just makes it worse by having a non-expert talk like an expert, right? Exactly. So how do you, in your life, in your field, that's, that can be life damaging. You know, we can lose people at abysmal numbers because we aren't listening to true authorities. Exactly. Do you see a, a change? How is that going to get moved back to, you know, a common sense place where it's like uh, you mentioned science, you know, I, people don't believe the science. They think that the science is changes on the basis of what my opinion is. Right. Yeah. Um, 
we're, how do we change that? How do we get back to, no, guys, a tornado is going to hit in a particular way. And we know how tornadoes hit and, you know, we got to get prepared for it. Oh, I don't know. It'll just pass by. Yeah, right. You don't have to worry right. about it. Yeah, just put your head It'll in the sand. Neighbor, so <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And as long as it hits them, I'm fine with yeah, it. Exactly. So, because yeah. um, COVID has really kind of exposed a raw nerve there, hasn't it? Really it really has. And I oftentimes think about how are we different. And I've thought about this one way back when, before the internet, and you only had like the five o'clock news or something right. like that. I thought through my, just, just thinking through this, how would that have been different? You know, and how would things be different? And again, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but ultimately what we're looking at from a, a governmental standpoint is life safety. And, you know, there's people that agree with masks, don't agree with masks, it, whatever you, that, you know, that's your, I'm not no, here to tell anybody what to do. We can just tell you from a scientific standpoint, what people that know a heck of a lot more about this than I'll ever know are, are saying what to do. And, you know, the big thing is life safety. Right. I mean, that's really what we look at and right. agree or disagree, whether it be a flood or tornado, I'm not throwing information out to try to be a, a, a mean person or try to hamper anybody's life. We're throwing it out there because we believe at this time with the information we know, and oftentimes we know more information than a lot of other people do right. because it's all coming through us. We're giving you the information and we're, we're based off knowledge, skills, and ability, past lessons learned. This is what we think you should do. Now that's your decision what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, I ran across something not too long ago and the writer of the article was saying, um, one of the things that he had noted with COVID was the ambiguity of COVID mm-hmm. of COVID and the ambiguity of the science sometimes behind it. Um, you know, the fact that we had to say, well, the best data we have right now indicates this, you know, yeah. I think of the droplets issue, you know, initially well, yeah. it yeah. was thought that it was droplets spreading, you know, spreading it. That was the most dangerous thing. So mask wearing was going to be highly effective with that. And then as time went on, we, did more research. We had more data points to look at and it became evident that it really was aerosol based. So that, that changes the mask paradigm quite a bit. Right. So, and yet the, the media, I'm going to blame the media because I think a lot of media is based on ratings and ratings are all about selling, you know, your, your newscast as having higher viewership. So people like, the stuff that's sensationalized. That's just the way we are. Um, So I look at that and think, okay, ambiguity is something that scientists had to have as part of the, this is our hypothesis. This is our theory. We're testing that theory. There is ambiguity in that. Definitely. Definitely. By procedure. Um, And then there was also ambiguity in how long this was going to take, what we were going to have to do to get through it. All of that was, we think, we think, we think. I don't think, and I think this author made this point, I don't think Americans in general like ambiguity. No. I think we like, tell me what to do. Exactly. Tell me exactly what I need to do and be right about it. And not change. Right. And like you're saying with the ambiguity, and that's the big thing that I really think, and, and, and the, there, there's been so many different changes, and I can understand how people are getting right. upset uh, because there's been so many changes, but the big thing is we've never dealt with this. Right. We've never dealt with this pandemic, so you're learning something new every day. And I mean, even for internally, we were getting, I mean, we'd say one thing and the next day we'd get different guidance right. and internally we were getting frustrated with it. But right. again, going back to life safety, you know, it's, it's, we just, I just had a discussion earlier today, just a year ago, 
the things that we had not even touched yet, you know, the new, the just, just had started vaccinations a year ago, if you think about it, right, really, right. truly. And, uh, you know, within Sauk County, the beginning of January, and it was just like all these different things just in a year. Now it's like things are kind of not so much slowing down with numbers, but the responses and the and the actions that are needed are are pretty much staying the same. Okay. I mean, sometimes guidelines get changed a little bit, you know, those types of things from the Centers for Disease Control. But for the most part, you know, from a response standpoint, proactive standpoint, we've dealt with it now. Sure. But I can understand where residents get upset with it. I mean, we were getting upset. Right. With it. Right. Well, and that that uh, you know inability to be certain. I mean, you know, you look at our culture is so much towards you know, give it to me now, exactly. give it to me the way I want it. You know, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. <laughs> special orders do upset us. You know, if you're on the side of having to give the special order, but you want it your way, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and this thing has never given it to us our way no. it's been um you know trying to do it as the to the best of what we know today um that that strikes me as one of the great crises that we'll face with any thing going forward because i see a lot of people are just burned out yeah. they're just plain burned out by the ambiguity of it by the changing nature of it all you know over and over and over again by the inability to be certain, you know, have a, cause everyone wants to have some certainty in their life. Exactly. Right. Um, and I, I don't know, do you see a, a, a hopeful lesson in all of this? Is no, I just, a, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking and it's like, you know, you really think about it. Like if there's a tornado, there's a flood, any other type of emergency disaster fire, pretty much each County is going to react to that in the same way. It's going to be the same type of a response, the same type of steps taken with COVID. You can go from County to County and it's, totally different sure. you don't know what to expect you don't know what to do and i honestly don't know what the the long-term impacts I, it's just it's too early to tell sure uh, we haven't really had a knock on on this nice table right here a issue of great magnitude from uh, uh i like to call it uneventful i never used a q word right. um, it's uneventful right. uh, things happening right now so right. we haven't right. you know it'll be interesting to see as we continue on sure um, yeah, that whole, will our response to the next pandemic, because they, you know, the scientists are even saying already, it's only a matter of time before another novel coronavirus comes in, you know, yeah. and I, you know, I look at that too and think the media could have done so much better of a job saying, remember folks, this is novel, you know, yes, these things are going to change, but stay, stay with us as we try to unravel this. It's, it's going to require all of us having a common source of information. And I, I don't, that's where I struggle. You know, how do yeah. we get that common source of information? Walter Cronkite would come on air at night, talk about something. And we all, well, Walter says it, it yeah, must exactly. be true. We had that trust. Right. Um, but as you've said, authority figures come into these counties and the response to authority is, eh, what do you, what business do you have telling me what to do? It's a, it's a different world right now, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, folks, my guest today is uh, Jeff Jelinek, the Emergency Management Director here in Sauk County. We're going to continue our conversation here after we take a quick break from uh, our show here to have a quick word from our sponsors. Um, please don't go anywhere. We're just going to try to kind of wrap this all up together, but I, I suspect we're going to end up leaving you with more questions, uh, which is maybe not a bad thing. Uh, the, the more questions we have, the more uh, uh, opportunity there is for discussion, right? Exactly. Uh, and learning. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on 99.7 Max FM's digital network and frame of reference. 
If winter is getting the upper hand, fight back with Simplicity's most powerful single-stage snow throwers, featuring the Snow Shredder Serrated Auger. This powerful feature easily clears heavily compacted snow and ice, allowing you to clear snow faster compared with our other Simplicity single-stage snowblowers. Not to mention, now you can finally tackle tough and complicated end-of-driveway snow left behind the snowplow. McFarland's one block south of Highway 12 at 780 Carolina Street, where service is a family tradition. Welcome back to Frame of Reference here on 99.7 Max FM. My uh, guest today is Jeff Jelinek, who is the Emergency Management Director here in Sauk County. Uh, and as we've established before, Emergency Management Direction pretty much looks like Emergency Management Direction across the nation. Exactly. Um, is there any difference between European handling of emergencies? Do we cross cultures with information? About I, not so much. I don't really know so much about the Europe side of the place. I really don't know. Okay. I know the only country that we've really dealt with is is um, Israel in my previous life when I was the bioterrorism training officer for oh, the right. state of Wisconsin okay. um, for four years in, the, in with state public health we did a, a, some cross training with with the uh, with Israel okay and uh, from a critical incident stress part of you know component of it uh, dealing with a lot of terrorist things back then uh, in Israel as they did okay um, that's the you know, and I kind of have an idea there's 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 kind of similar I mean they're actually pretty well advanced in in what they do but sure. that's really the only one I really know about. Okay. So I, now we've been talking a lot about, about COVID because of it being in a sort of unprecedented emergency, yeah. uh, at least in our lifetimes. Um, and, you know, the last thing close to this was the Spanish flu epidemic in 1918. Um, and there's not a lot of, I, I don't know that there's a lot of correlatives there because we we didn't have the kinds of information dissemination we had back then. So you think of all the problems that that has caused and conflicting stories. And yeah, it's not that big of a deal to, oh my God, we're all going to die. Right. I mean, yeah. somewhere in between that had to always be the truth. But are there, um, when when you talk about critical response now, has, has COVID changed the way the discussion of how to deal with emergencies, of how to lead people through emergencies, has has it changed, or is it too early to even tell how it will change? I, I don't really think it's changed. I mean, really, we go back off those priorities, and um, it's just a, it's it's painting that picture. And I think yeah. maybe the way the one thing that might change is you know that the way you present information that hey, this possibly could change. This is r- relatively new. Uh, we have a pretty good idea with most of the emergencies, disasters that we face, pretty much how things are going to go. Maybe the duration sometimes you don't, but you kind of got an idea of how it's going to start and most likely how it's going to end. And then from a recovery standpoint, so I don't see it changing a lot. I mean, I could be wrong. Again, like you said, it's it's a little early here, but I can tell you if something happened tonight, I'm approaching it the same way I've approached it for the, the 15 years I've been here with the county. Right. Yeah, well, you know, it strikes me that part of it is somehow coming up with a fair, judicious, and um, benevolent, I'll say, way of having information um, be uh, standardized, having information be um, qualified. What's what's the old, uh, I was never a huge Patrick Moynihan fan, but I remember him interviewing someone at one point and said, you know, sir, you are entitled to your own opinion, but you are not entitled to your own facts. And we live in a world where everybody has their own facts, quote unquote, right? Exactly. How do we approach that? Because if we can't somehow deal with that and get facts to be facts, to be the facts, not this is my interpretation of the facts or whatever, it strikes me that we're in a lot of trouble. 
Yeah, and I think it's the way we we just hitting nowadays the normal media sending out a press release and things like that. You know, that, to me that's kind of old fashioned now. I mean, we really need to look at some of the different venues we can utilize. And I know one of the big things that I am a firm believer on. We did it with COVID, and we did it with uh, our floods in 2018. Is having a venue at night where people can actually call in. We'll send out an agenda. We'll talk about things, but then people can ask the questions, and, I, and we're going to give them what the facts are. I'm going to tell you what I know. I'm not going to embellish anything. I'm not making anything up. I'm not here to do that. My main goal is to give you the information, tell you what I think you should do, and you make a decision for you and your family based off of that. But that way, it, it's it's not just me saying something. It's a question and answer. Sure. So if I'm not painting the picture correctly, you can ask me and say, hey, Jeff, that just doesn't make sense. Or what about this? And there's things sometimes we don't rethink of every possible thing, everything that could happen. I get a lot of great ideas, you know, from other first responders, from people sure. in the community. Sure. One of the biggest things I think as a leader is the ability to learn and, and listen right. and listen and, and change your plan. So how, important. How about, um, you know, fundamentally in in this whole scenario and in any emergency, it strikes me that you have to be able to trust that the people providing those emergency services, a know what they're doing and B really are trying to help you do to, you know, to the best of their capabilities. So, and what we, I, I, I hope is not true, but I, I see happening more and more is that our trust relationship as individuals and collectively has been so damaged by uh, not recognizing the authorities in something and not feeling like I can trust you as an authority because you're going to change your mind tomorrow. You're going to tell me something different. Exactly. So without ever making the realization that, well, have you ever had anything that in your life that you haven't quite got figured out? And as you got older, you know, Pelican One was <laughs> teaching us the other day in a active shooter training about how um, 95% of what we are is determined by the time we're 35 Mm -hmm. in our mid thirties. And I think, well, what if 95% of what we are is to not trust authority? What do we do about that? Any magic answers or any, I've got my resignation letter hanging in my (laughs) office and I just pull that right off. It's in plastic and it is hanging there and I'm done. Uh, You know, there's no magic answer. I think the the biggest thing is, is we really need to look at knowing that that's out there. We need to try to do the best we can. Um, I would say that there's there's some things that have happened throughout the state of Wisconsin, the United States, that have really put, especially towards law enforcement related to certain things. But I, I just know one thing, and, and you brought it up, you know, people do care. And I'm telling you, in Sauk County here, the group of first responders that we have from police, fire, and EMS is by far, I would put it up the top. In, in, in the in the state of Wisconsin and going I, I go over the county or over several counties and I do I'm, I have a side business where I teach and I go to different counties and I teach different classes uh, related to emergency preparedness emergency response type things okay and I just I, I, I just see our folks and I'm not putting any other county down but we have a great group of dedicated individuals that are good about sharing information not just with their own departments but outside of their agency right working together as a team and it's truly a team effort if something happens i'm telling you there's going to be people coming from all different departments within saw county if something happens here in baraboo or wherever it is spring green it could be anywhere in 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 saw county you're going to see people from within all these different agencies from first response standpoint within saw county and around us coming to help and um you know ultimately we all have the same goal 
We want everybody to be safe. We want to do the best of our ability and try to, and that's all we can do. Right. I mean, that's really right. all we can do. And then try to just, as I said, I think it's, it's, it's painting the picture. Right. Why are we doing what we're doing? Let people know being open, right. transparent, I right. guess is the good word of saying nowadays. Yeah. 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 I mean, unfortunately, I hope that transparent doesn't become a code word for, you know, hide it as much as you exactly. can. Um, Cause that's a, you know, part of our trust factor has been language has been misused. Um, you know, for, by people without ulterior motives, with agendas oh, yeah, yeah. that are not uh, organized towards really helping. Right. I stay away from that. And I, I know when we had in 2008, when the homes floated down from uh, Lake Delton, the gentleman that lost his home, he'd always call me up and he goes, the one thing about you, he goes, I don't always like your information, but I know it's the truth. And I'm like, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm going right. to tell you what I know. Right. I'm not going to make things up. I'm not here. To, that's not my job. Right. My job is to protect the residents of Sauk County and the guests that we have within Sauk County while they're here. Right. And I'm going to do that based off knowledge, skills, and ability. The thing, the, what information I have, that's how we're going to make the decisions. And we're making them together as a team. Right. And, and we're working with those it. locals. And we hope that things go great based off the information we have at the time. But we need to make a decision. Sure. That's the biggest thing. Not making a decision is what's going to create issues. Yeah. And if we make a decision and then be willing to change. <laughs> I have family members that I have to remind regularly that not making a decision is making a decision, yeah. you know, and exactly. it's, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, to have some sort of idea of the course that things are going to take, having the experience to understand that, well, this is the most likely scenario or this is the most dangerous scenario. So let's try to move it away from this most dangerous scenario, at least to, you know, what they say, they say with lifting, you know, you can't do a perfect lift all the time, exactly. but you can take a, a horrible lift to a not so bad lift to a, a good lift to a great lift. If you just think through the process and, you know, understand the basic mechanics, right? Exactly. So understand the process. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then trust people, uh, you know, that that's where I, I keep coming back to. I hope we can in the aftermath of this, figure out what went wrong with our trust. Um, you know, I, I certainly, I don't, think that our political leaders necessarily helped. I know that our media didn't necessarily help. Um, you know, we, we have to somehow figure out how to restore trust in the people that need that trust in order yeah. to do their jobs. Exactly. You know, um, I mean, cause if you, you know, look at, you talked about law enforcement earlier, you know, the, the way that law enforcement, the trust in that has deteriorated, some of which is it was brought on by law enforcement departments themselves, mm -hmm. um, you know, to be transparent about that and say, yeah, we blew this. We, we did training, but we didn't hold people accountable for really putting that training into practice. Um, and I think it goes back to truly, I mean, we talked about it earlier, you know, we talked about, and you said, asked me uh, last week, I think it was on the, the little things yeah. and I, thank you. And I think the other thing as a leader, I'm sorry, yeah. you know, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. You know, I made a mistake. Our troops made a mistake, whoever it is, whether right. it be whatever profession you're in, right. that word, I'm sorry, goes a long way. Right. You know, well, I'm sorry. I understand that, you know, based off the information or based our training, you know, that it can go to anything. Right. But those, that word may, you know, right. although it's not going to fix anything that happened, it's showing that, you know, and honestly, for, I mean, there's, this stuff bothers us. I mean, when things happen like that and things happen within the county, it's not like something that we're happy about. Sure. If I'm doing something from a response standpoint, from an emergency management standpoint, and something goes bad or we're dealing with a bad situation, we don't go home at night and, oh, my gosh, happy about it. I mean, right. it, 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 oh, well. these floods, these families are impacted. Right. It bothers me. Right. I mean, it truly bothers me. Too bad for them. And I'm reading so. all their stuff that's getting lost and they're, right. they're 
worked their whole life for. Right. How do you, it's like, I can't even fathom that. Right. Just how, do, how do you deal with that? I mean, in your position there, there have to be tons of those kinds of things no. in comparison to, you know, la, 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 my lifestyle, you know, yeah. um, how, how do you carry that? How do you, a lot uh, of times humor. Okay. Um, and that's one thing I try to do with when, when we have our emergency operations center open up where we're dealing with things is to keep the people that are helping us out, the staff that are working, you know, I mean, we're, we're serious, but then also at the same point, we've got to get a little bit of, of a little bit of humor, a little bit of realism. Right. It's not wrong right. to laugh for a couple seconds, even though we're doing, dealing with a lot of different things. Right. Uh, you know, the, and, and for me, uh, really it's the, the cooking. I mean, that's my big stress reducer. Um, sure. you know, love the water. So in okay. the summer and getting out on the lake, getting down on the, on the boat and that pontoon boats. Oh, yes, that's yes, a, yeah, so I yeah. can talk. We should have another one on <laughs> pontoon boats and boats. We could be here for hours. Yeah. Border safety. There. <laughs> oh, right I'll there. be, I'm available. So, Let me know. Right, excellent. So yeah, I mean, and you're, I think you're so right about the humor. My, my son, I mentioned when we were off the area, uh, works as a, a 911 dispatcher in Whitewater and he's noticed how, amongst the police force and the other emergency services, how they have what I refer to as a sardonic sense of humor. Yes, you know, it's a, dry. it's a very, yeah. And it's very dark, uh, you know, it certain is. things because yeah. you see the darkest of the dark yeah. in those positions. Right. So how do we, we process that is to find a way to make lighter of it. Um, it's not like you're, uh, you know, what people don't understand outside of it is it's not like I'm making fun of this. It's that no. I'm trying to cope with it. I'm trying to find a way to go on past yeah. it because believe me, if I just stay in the place that I'm in with it, um, I'll, I'll be useless. Yeah. We process in a different way. Yeah. I mean, and before this, you know, before all my, you know, I worked in a prison system for 14 years. Oh gosh. You used to see a well, lot there's of, there's a fun world. You used to see a lot of things. I mean, there's <laughs> okay. things that, you know, it's like, and I mean, and dark sense of humor there too. Yeah. And I mean, that's just the way we process. Right. And, and, and believe me, um, it, it truly, it has impacts. I can, I can go on for hours on sure. just personal and other professionals that I know in the business of, of impacts that it has had. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. Boy, you think about that too. And isn't that, uh, you know, those kinds of jobs I've, I've joked with people that I, I think part of what everybody should have to do is work in a customer service position mm-hmm. for a minimum of two years after you get done with school. Um, cause if anything, I think would teach us how to be thankful exactly. working in customer service would do that. Cause you, you're, you see so much of, you know, unthankfulness. They're like, I am not going to be one of those people. Yeah. Um, and yet there are people that get in that and they're like, I'm, going to be worse than there. You know, so who knows how it will yeah, go, right? See how that goes for you. <laughs> right, right. You just, you never quite know which way the dice are going to roll exactly. on that stuff. So, yeah. well, Jeff, we are going to have to talk again sometime, I think, but I, I want to close up with uh, just a little bit of reflection on it's the, what I call the, what we leave behind segment of, of our, our uh, interviews. And that really is, you know, if, if 15 20 years from now, let's hope, given that you're in charge of South County, I want you to be here for you know, as long as you possibly can. So you get to retire at A little 86. bit operation right Yeah, here. right. He's yeah. like, okay, I'm gone. So, uh, yeah, or that letter of resignation. <laughs> yes, something really exactly. Going, That's it, I'm done. So can't deal with this anymore. But, it, you know, whenever, whenever it happens, because none of us really know, right? Exactly. Um, what's the thing that you hope people will remember? What, what, what are the the things that you've tried to accomplish in your tenure here that you hope are remembered as kind of the, you know, the piece de resistance, the creme de la creme. I have to use my Frenchness every once in a while um, as you know, what yeah. you were trying to do as a leader, what you, what do you want to be remembered for as a leader? 
I think the biggest, just that the county's in a better place than it was, you know, over the, over the 15 years that we're more prepared, that there's, there's systems in place to assist, you know, ultimately, you know, assist the residents and the guests within Sauk County. We have a huge tourism industry. And so we definitely want to make sure that we're getting to those individuals as well. Um, The last thing they're thinking about is safety when they're coming on a trip. And I, I totally understand that, but we're, we have ways of, yeah, we have ways of reaching out to them if something truly would happen sure. with different systems that we have. Sure. Um, you know, so that's, that's really, I mean, I, I, people always say stuff and I'm like, I'm just doing my job. This is what I get paid to do. Right. This is what the, the county and the, the taxpayers are paying me to do. Right. And, uh, you know, leaving a, you know, I just. But but I would say, I mean, and I, and I appreciate your your sense of humility about that, because in your position, that's the kind of person I want in your position as a citizen. Um, but I also know that um, you can't pay people enough to care. No, there is no, you know, the we throw all kinds of money at people. But at the end of the day, the caring does it come with being paid $600,000 a year no. or, you know, it, I don't think it can. Right. Uh, no, and I think when you were going to say that, I was just thinking of the one word that would be care that I, that I yeah, cared. Right. And I, and I really do. I mean, so, I truly, truly do. That's one of the best. I, you know, I, I truly care. It, this has been an unbelievable experience working here. It truly has. Um, I've never been in a job 15 years. I mean, even when I was in the prison system, I promoted quite often in different different venues of of the, the corrections world. Uh, never thought I'd stay here for 15 years, but it's been one of the most unbelievable experiences of my life. And it's it's truly the the people I work with, the the, the folks that we have around us, the the, the communities as a whole. Right. It's just been a it's been a wonderful experience. I've I've just loved it a ton. Well, I know too. Um I, I think I would put you in the category of a servant leader. Um, you know, and I know there's a bunch of different, you know, methodologies for leading people, but I, one of the things I've appreciated about you is you're, you're not about Jeff Jelinek getting the praise and accolades for things. You're about praising your team. I really call it the pirate concept. I'm the III and okay. I don't want to be a pirate and I've worked <laughs> with pirates in my life. Aye, aye, it's like, exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, Give the people the credit that do the job. Sure. You know, sure. Ultimately, yeah, am I leading the big picture? I'm leading the big picture, but they're the ones that are doing it, and they're the ones that need to get the accolades for doing it. Sure. They're the ones that are doing the work. Sure. So or somebody comes up with a good idea. It's not – and I've got people that say this to me. They're like – you never take credit for an idea. Well, no, it's not my idea. Why would right. I take credit for right. it? I'm going to give credit to whose idea it was. Right. Now, if it was my idea, oh, believe me, you're going to know <laughs> this is the greatest, best idea ever. <laughs> yeah, and then you get shot down royally. Oh, oh, yeah, just, yeah. Uh, just like I tell, tell my wife, wife all that. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, hey, I got a great yeah. idea. Yeah, she turns around and walks out the room. <laughs> right. You think that's a great idea? Boy, you need to look up great ideas. So I hear you completely. So, folks, my guest for uh, these past two episodes has been Jeff Jelinek, who is the uh, the uh, I, I forgot here the emergency <laughs> management director. I was going to say the director of emergency services, and I like no, that's not right. I know that's not right. Uh, no, he is the emergency management director here in Sauk County. Uh, we are extremely blessed. After talking with him for two episodes, I can tell you seriously, we are seriously blessed to have well, a man you. like him at the helm um, of our uh, emergency services in our, in Sauk County. Um, I hope no other county management people are listening to this podcast because <laughs> uh, then you'll get a bunch of job offers and no, no. You know, that'd be uh, that'd be horrible. Yeah. So, But uh, I'll, I'll tell them you're a horrible barbecue cook <laughs> exactly. and they don't want somebody like that on their, uh, their staff, right? Yeah. Low, low bit operation. Okay. I'll say, 
talk to his wife first before you make any decisions. Oh, and have a lot of time. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, folks, we'll be right back to for closing comments for this week's episode. Don't go anywhere here on uh, 99.7 Max FM and Frame of Reference. There's never been a better time to support small businesses and save big with Max FM Big Deals. Discount certificates from the Max FM Big Deals store will save you up to 50% off retail every day of the week. Local restaurants and wineries, healthy living and spa services, gifts for the holidays, and a whole lot more. New deals are added weekly. Check it out now at MaxFMBigDeals.com. That's MaxFMBigDeals.com. Start shopping and start saving. So, of course, me being me, I couldn't let this series of episodes on emergency services end without looking up the word. And, no big surprise, emergency is defined as pretty much what I thought it is. A serious, unexpected, and often dangerous situation requiring immediate action. But there's a couple of things in that definition that are worth noting to enhance our frame of reference. First, emergencies are serious, unexpected, and often dangerous. Makes one think we ought to have folks that are trained to deal with them. Oh, wait a minute. We do. Second, they require immediate attention. And here's the thing about immediate. You can have an immediate action that is totally wrong and will make things worse, or you can have one that is thought through and practiced so that when the action is needed, it will be the right one done in the right way. So again, we should probably have trained people to do this sort of thing. Wait a minute. We do. I'm purposely being a smart aleck to underscore how worrisome it is to me that Jeff Jelinek and others in the emergency services field are seeing an increasing tendency in the general public to look on their services as an intrusion instead of as a lifeline. Frankly, I just don't get it. I don't understand how our frame of reference can be so skewed that we see helpers as hindrances. What is most concerning to me is that when a real emergency arises, there's no time for discussions and disagreements. Emergencies require the subduing of individualism in order for the group to survive. Maybe it's time for us to come up with a plan for that. Till then, stay well.